like it to be more of a, just going through this passage of Scripture tonight, verse by verse. And in verse 17, let's go ahead and read from verse 17 on for a little bit, and then we're going to break it up here. As it says in verse 17, it says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all in abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the thing which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, unto God our, and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, of course, we're in verse 17, and I want to just point out a few passages a few words that we see in a few verses here, and we'll just dissect them a little bit here. It says that in verse 17, the first part, not that I desire a gift. You know, it's amazing how the Lord provides for us. And, and he just takes care of us in such some amazing ways. And we've seen that time again on the field. I can think of just now, I have some pretty fancy shoes on, but in Belize, my shoes were getting pretty bad. They were getting really bad. I was embarrassed. In fact, the ladies of the church were going to my wife and saying, Miss Tracy, you need to take care. Have you not polished your husband's shoes? Apparently, that was a big deal. The ladies in our culture, the, the women polish the men's shoes, just so you know. And then she said, well, what about his feet? Don't you trim his toenails? Apparently, that's a thing where ladies trim their husband's toenails. And she said, like a good missionary wife, um, no, I'm not touching his feet. But, um, <laughs> but, but while we were there, it was so humbling. We were working on a farm with some, some Guatemalan men that were, would work for a week and then go back for two days on the weekend to their country and come back and forth. And you know how humbling it is to have a Guatemalan person, man who makes about $20 Canadian a day, go home and bring you back a quality pair of dress shoes with his own money? I was like, I was humbled, you know. And how the Lord provides in different ways is just, just amazing. Unfortunately, there are some people that are in it for the money. I don't know those people. I don't know how you become one of those people. But you know the people that, would you give so much and the Lord will bless you. And by the way, I need a new private jet and, and so on and so on. And I'm so thankful. I don't know anybody like that. But there are such people. They live a luxurious lifestyle. And, 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 and I, I'm thankful that... Um, the Lord has blessed in different ways. Luke 6, 38, it talks about this as well. In Luke chapter 6, 38, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. And it's so, I'm so thankful for, for that area um, where we just try and give of ourselves, and the Lord just gives it back. And, and we know we can't give out God. You've heard it said before, but it is so true. When we are living for the Lord and focusing on the things of God, he'll focus on us. He, he'll take care of his children. I'm so, I'm so thankful for that this evening. And we found it to be true. Um, one thing I struggle with, like I said, being a missionary on this side of things, I love being in your seat. I would get excited when missionaries come and I would sneak out and fill up their vehicle with gas and, and give them gifts and, and do these things. Do you know how hard it is to be on this side? It's a struggle. I, I would rather be in your shoes. That's the pride and that's the flesh I understand. But we know in Acts chapter 20, 35, it talks about the fact that it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
And it's such a blessing to be invested and involved in the work of the Lord and to see how he will use that gift and see how he will take care of you as well. 17b says this, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What are we talking about? Fruit. I I understand if you're coming in and this was your first time in a church, you would say, why do we want fruit? What, What is this fruit we're talking about? I don't really like oranges and I don't, you know, what are we talking about? It's Christian terms, right? But this fruit that we're talking about is number one, soul saved. When we invest in the work of the Lord, we have a part in soul saved in other areas. And that's such an amazing thing. That's, that's oh man, I am excited to share that, by, by the way. When we have people receive the Lord as personal Savior in our area of the world, that's something I want to share with others. Because you have an investment in there, and I literally could not do it without that. We, we need to eat. We need gas in our vehicle. We need Bibles to give out and tracts and these things. And without this help, it just can't happen. So, so this part of the fruit is, is soul saved. Next would be soul sanctified or, or set apart. We're talking about discipled and trained and mentored. That is part of what happens. When you're giving to ministry, we see that there can be training involved. And I'm thankful for CORE and what they do. And that's such a part of it, isn't it? Because we understand that <laughs> we will never reach people that they can reach. And we need to train locals because we're all part of the Great Commission, right? And we know that they can see people say that we never will. So we want to train them and give the tools so they can be effective because they can be so much more effective. So souls saved, saved, sanctified, uh, saints sanctified, those that are taught and able to do the same. And then servants were sent. We, we see that they were monetarily taken care of. We see Paul and others, like I said, they can't go if they don't have these things. Their, their, their needs were met and they were taken care of. And I'm so thankful for that. Verse 18 has an interesting word here. Philippians chapter 4. But I have all and abound. I am full. I am thankful, by the way, for good food. And that's fantastic. And we've been so well taken care of. However, you just get full, right? You have a good meal and you are just content, right? Sometimes we get a little too much and we're, we're a little more than content, right? Uh, but I am so thankful for God providing our need, yes, but he doesn't just provide our need. He makes sure that we're, we're full. We are, we are taken care of, and what a blessing that is. We see here that he is full as, as Paul's needs were met, and that's such an encouragement to know that God takes care of his people. Through various circumstances, God takes care of his people. But I want you to notice something even more exciting to me uh, personally, in this the passage of Scripture, is uh, it was well-pleasing to God. Verse 18, it, it, I'll read from the start. It says, But I have all, and abound I am full, having received of Epaphrodites the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. God was happy with this. This is something that pleased him. And it doesn't even say it pleased him. It was well-pleasing. God was excited about this gift. God is excited about seeing his children helping others along the way and seeing the gospel advance. Because like we heard the night before, God is more interested in seeing people saved than we are. He is passionate about this. He sent his son to die in our place. And that's such an amazing thing. We see it was well-pleasing to God. But we also see here, it mentions the word sacrifice, right? 
we see it's a sacrifice that was made here, a sacrifice acceptable. Okay, so what do we see here? A sacrifice acceptable. This gift was accepted by God. So that tells us what it is and what it isn't. It was not a sacrificial gift of atonement, right? Why is that? Because Jesus Christ already paid the price. And I'm so thankful. This is a, not a sacrificial gift of atonement since none other than Christ can atone for our sin, but it was rather a sacrifice of acknowledgement. And that's where we ought to live from, isn't it? We acknowledge how much God loves us. We understand his love for us, and because of that love, man, I want to do something for him. There is certain things I know my wife likes, and because I know how much she loves me, there are things I just want to do to please her. This morning, I snuck out without her knowing, I went and got her a coffee. We have a coffee maker in our place, and that's fantastic, but I said, she wants a Tim Hortons. I know these things. I snuck out and got it, and guess what that did? It was good things, all right? <laughs> it was a good thing, and God, um, God appreciates this. It was a sacrifice acknowledgement that God is who he is, and he is the Lord of my life, and because he's done so much for me, I just want to reciprocate that love. I want to do something back, okay? Verse 19 says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He'll supply our needs. As we invest in the Lord's work, he takes care of us. And I've, I've found this to be true. Now I know you've likely been at more than one missions conference, so you've heard it more than once. The pastor, the preacher, the missionary gets up and says, my wife and I, when we first got married, we committed to do faith promise, right? Have you ever heard that before? And, and we started with a little amount, and, and we grew, and God provided our needs. Now, I can tell you this same is very true for my wife and I. Our first apartment um, was not very pretty. In fact, it was a fourplex that used to be a chicken coop where they raised chickens. That's what it was. It was an old farm building that they made into a fourplex. This was our first love nest, okay. And, and we had to open the bathroom door because that's where the furnace was and to get a little extra heat, right? Because it was, it was controlled heating and, and it was, our couch was one that you had to be very careful where you sat because if you sat in the wrong place, it would hurt, right? <laughs> but, but from that very first start, we made a commitment to God to be involved in Faith Promise missions. And I'm so thankful that now, by the way, we don't know how those needs were met because I was making $16.50 an hour, okay? And, and, and the bills were coming in, and, and she does all the math, and I'm glad because, and, and she can work some numbers. But we know the numbers did not match up. But God did the difference, right? And God supplied the need. And it's so amazing to see that through time, we have been able to increase that. And God continues to take care of us. And it's just amazing how he does that. Anyways, I want to ask you, if you could just imagine with me just a little bit, I'm allowing you to daydream in service. What would your dream house look like? I, I like houses. I like, I like trailers. I like anything with an interior floor plan. And I want to dream, what does it look like? And, and how would I lay it out? And what would I change? Maybe, maybe you're the same. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, who is this guy you've got preaching to us tonight talking about floors? I don't know. But I like to think about these things. And if I could design a house what would it look like? Now, modern houses, they have some pretty common things, right, compared to older houses. What is something that is in a new house that hasn't been in houses of days gone by? Any, any ideas? You can talk. I don't mind it. 
Porches. Porches are a big thing that's new. Um, what about closets? Old houses, they didn't have closets. Now, the closet in some people's houses, and, and maybe yours, and this is okay, I'm not getting on you, is bigger than a lot of houses in my country, right? We know that the walk-in closet and you have his side, well, we have her side and what was his side and now more of her side, and, and it's just huge, and we have big closets and everybody's got their own room and, and we have toilet toilets. We have toilets in our houses. They didn't have this years ago, right? And, and toilet, bathrooms off of your, off your bedroom and, and all these, we have entertainment rooms to do nothing but be entertained. These are different things that they had back in the day that now we're putting into our house. I dream of a house and, and in my house, I always thought it'd be wonderful. I don't really care about the house. I'll be honest with you. I would like at least a three-car garage. I thought if I have a three-car garage, she can park her vehicle in there. I can get my vehicle in, and then you have a, a place for the stuff, right? The lawnmower, the garbage cans, the stuff that we never really use, but say we're going to, and we put it all over here, right? And I think it's very interesting. It really doesn't matter how many garages you have. Often when you drive by some of these great big places, their cars are still parked outside because they have all this stuff in their house, and it's just they have to store it somewhere. And I, I knew someone who, while in a lot of debt, um, they didn't own their house. They rented it. They could have, but they rented a very small apartment and were still in debt with good jobs, and they were very foolish with their money, and they would just buy more toys and more things, and then they had no room to store them, so they had to have a big storage container and pay money for that and travel there. And when does it end? But we put so much pleasure in things and, and entertainment, and we have to be very careful with that. Um, I'll, be, I'll be very transparent with you. My family right now, we have a suitcase and a, maybe a backpack apiece. That's what we're living in. We, we, we've been on, at our in-laws for a while and, and on the road, and, and there are some things we miss, but for the most part, you get used to less. And it's okay, and we're thankful for that. Now, I will be transparent with you. We do have a container being shipped to Belize, and we do pray, and would you pray with us that someday we'll see that container again? You know, it's in the Lord's hands and, and the captain of the ship and all that, but, um, but someday we'll see that thing again. And, but we've had to resign ourselves to the fact that what if we never do? What if those possessions were gone? Are we okay with that? Where is our hope and where is our strength and where is our confidence and our, and our contentment? It's, it's in the Lord, and I'm so thankful for that. When you come to a place, and you've heard it said again, when you've come to a place where Christ is all you'll have, you'll find that he is all you need. And we've been there. And, and, and it's not somewhere you want to be, you know, in the time, but you understand it's somewhere you need to be. And you're, I'm so thankful for that. One of, the, one of the lessons I had to learn, I've learned a lot of lessons over the years, especially when my kids were young, was I would work extra shifts, Right? I would get extra jobs and do extra chores and do all these things um, so I could, like the phrase goes, give my kids more than I had, right? Well, we're guilty of that. I know, I know I was. I would say, well, they're young and they won't remember these things. I'll just be away and I'll, I'll work now to give them what I've never had. But something, uh, a stat I came across was this. It's been said that 85% of missionaries made the choice, if you want to use those words, to become missionaries between the age of four and 14. What are we doing in those, those pivotal years in our child's relationships? Are we, 
Are we showing them a pattern of needing more and, and more security in and of ourselves, or are we pointing them to the Lord and, and the future they could have in Him? Now, I can say honestly in my mind, I am so thankful for where we are right now, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I've had jobs. I've had different positions and, and different things like that, and I'm so thankful for where I am and where my kids are. I used to think, would I be okay if my kids were missionaries? Would I be okay with sending them off to a foreign country? But now I'm so thankful that they're with us. I'm so thankful that we can have this experience and sharing it together um, with the Lord. Verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. One of the blessings we've come across our ministry is that, um, you know, sometimes in our ministry we've, we've had rock bottom. We've had tight situations and, and where we feel like, how are we going to get through this mess? And how are we going to overcome this obstacle or this person that is against the church or this thing that's happening right now? And, and you don't have to be a missionary to get this. But what happens in those hard times in our life? We knew because we had nothing else to turn to, we had to rely on the Lord. And there were often times when I said, okay, kids, and, you know, my wife, we, we, have, we come together for devotions and whatnot, and we say, listen, here's the situation. God is going to have to prove himself strong. He's going to have to take care of this need, this request, this person, whatever, and it's so amazing when he does. I'm so thankful for that. So let me ask you, what would happen if we invested more into the harvest than we did our comforts and allowed Christ to be our sanctuary? We talked about dream houses and all the things we love to have, but those old farmhouses, they didn't have, um, they didn't have closets. They really didn't have a lot at all. They might have had a sitting room. They had a big kitchen, you know, and, and that was to, to take care of the people as they went out. And we need those things in our life. We need to take care of our bodies the way they should be taken care of. It is the temple of God and, and treated as such with rest and with good food and, and all that is proper. But they focused more on the crop. They focused more on the harvest than they did on the comforts of this life. And we've gotten away from that, haven't we? We, 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 we deserve a bigger this or a, a plush, more comfy this or that. And, and I think we ought to get back with our mindset of thinking about more in investing in the cross. This is what it talks about in 19 and 20. Would you turn with me? John chapter 12, verse 32. I'll read it. It says this. John chapter 12, verse 32 says this. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Of course, we know this Verses, this passage of scripture is very clearly speaking of Christ being lifted up on the cross. And, and that's true. But also as we lift up Christ as our answer, our sustainer, our hope in this life and the next, he gets the glory. And that's what we see in 19 and 20. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am so thankful for the messages we've heard through this conference of ways we can invest ourselves into the ministry that fruit may abound by going, by giving, by praying and encouraging. I have been truly blessed and convicted, and I hope that you have as well. Um, would you stand with me at this time? We'll stand and bow in prayer as we close out this service. We'll stand and bow 
We know that the gospel is free to the recipient, but there is a cost to get it. Christians, let me ask you, knowing this world is not our home, how much are you investing in the comforts of this life, and how much are you, like the old farmer, investing in that of the harvest? In Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And maybe tonight there might be somebody who's visiting uh, and are just beginning to hear about Christ and and salvation and, and what we're talking about here. And I wonder, would you like to know him tonight? Would you like to understand who Christ is and the salvation he offers? If you can, we, if, if you're wanting to, we would love to show you from the Bible how you can know this for yourself. From God's word, how you can know him as well as your personal Savior. 